Happy 2022, everybody. Welcome to our first podcast on 52 Weeks of Empowerment. I'm so excited about today because today is where we start to build. Welcome to our safe place to talk about what we want from careers. Over the next 52 weeks, we're going to empower each other to achieve, receive, and believe in ourselves, in our career paths, in each other. I am Andrea Pagnozzi. I am the principal coach at Flink Coaching and Consulting. And I'm of this podcast. We'll have guests. We'll have members of the recruiting community. We'll have HR directors, hiring managers, all kinds of people and experts throughout the year. But today I want to start with just us to get this podcast started off on the right foot. Who's this podcast for? So this podcast is dedicated to everyone that is looking for career empowerment, whether you are looking towards a new career, whether you're a solopreneur or an entrepreneur, whether you're unemployed and looking for a new opportunity. There's a lot of those of you out there, whether you are leading a group of people in an organization or a business and you wanna strengthen your effectiveness because there's a lot of turmoil going on, a lot of turnover. All of you will benefit, all of you. If you're an HR leader in an organization, you'll benefit. The knowledge you will get from building so many things this year is going to be incredible. From building your personal brand, which I think is one of the most essential skills that people need to have, when they're looking to better their career in some way and be able to talk about that personal brand proactively, not just reactively, and leverage it through your network. Build your network, which a lot of people do not know how to do. They think just LinkedIn or some other type of social media is gonna get them to where they would rather be in their career, and that's just not so, but we'll help you do that. Interviewing skills huge, huge asset to have, to be able to ask questions when you're interviewing people that are going to render the types of answers that really give you a snapshot as to what this person is like to work with and should they be a part of your culture and your, your organization. Conversely, if you are interviewing, how do I answer common questions like, where do you see yourself in one, three to five to seven years? which by the way, I think is a stupid interview question, but we will over the course of the next year, what works and what doesn't. Finding your true north, like what should you be doing? There's a lot of people out there that know they don't wanna be doing the crap they're doing, but they don't know necessarily what they would rather be doing. So we will help you find your next best career on this program. And we'll help others to succeed and mitigate career circumstances that are unfavorable. We, we've got a lot of organizations out there that have the wherewithal to build stronger, more connective cultures, but they don't have the first clue how to do that. So get them to listen to this podcast. I will promise you that all of this will be realized over 52 weeks. Again, we're going to have guests, we'll share wisdom, and we'll do this with consistency every week at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday evenings. We will post our weekly episode and in under 40 minutes per week, whether you do it with a snifter of cognac on a Sunday evening, preparing for the week ahead, 
or you're sitting down with your cup of tea or coffee first thing Monday morning and you're listening to the episode, we will help you build towards a better, more productive career that you actually enjoy. How about that? The next 52 weeks should you choose to follow is a journey of believing in oneself. I am a coach. I am a career success coach. And in my job, I work with clients to get to a place in their life where they live their purpose. And I know that sounds hokey as hell. We don't want you to work your ass off and not get any enjoyment out of it. Hell, that's what we do so much each week is work. Three quarters of our waking hours is actually working. Shouldn't you get some enjoyment? Not every day is going to be roses. But the bulk of what you do should be something you feel you're bringing value to. And it's bringing value to you. We don't want to live to work. We want to work to live. So the only difference between a coaching session with one of my clients and this podcast, the way I've designed it, is that you're getting it for free. And all of my coaching (laughs) colleagues are going, you're out of your mind. But... I feel very strongly this is the right thing to do in the great resignation we find ourselves in. Today, in our inaugural episode, we're going to set our expectations for the year ahead by solidifying a strong foundation that we can build upon. That's the most important thing is to start with something strong so that we can move forward. See, the problem with the great resignation that we find ourselves in, at least one of the biggest problems within it, is that it isn't taking much for people to leave companies. Unfair treatment, poor wages, poor working conditions, those were always the impetus of leaving a job. And it didn't take much to find something else. But today, despite high turnover rates, companies are completely changing the way they employ. And employees are thinking very differently about the way they work. It's really legitimately that old adage of take this job and shove it. It really is. It's a tough thing to solve because much of it is virtual. You never meet the people face-to-face like your manager or people on your team other than on a Zoom or an MS Teams meeting. It impedes upon building working relationships, building the trust you need, building the camaraderie in a group environment. Things like emotional intelligence are hard to read. True connection with one's team looks and feels very different than it ever has. I spent a fair amount of my career in training, learning, and development roles in corporate life sciences companies. And the extent to which we had to orchestrate and design courses and facilitate team building initiatives was transient at best. Maybe we did it at a national meeting once a year, maybe. Or at times of of change in an organization, If we were launching a new product or we were expanding exponentially or worse, we were restructuring and laying people off, that's when we would be called in to create these types of, you know, team building activities. But as a consultant during the the pandemic, it's been constant. Companies are bleeding. Turnover is rampant. They don't know when to bring people back to the workforce. The CDC hasn't been clear on that. They don't understand how to coach and develop people in a virtual world. And employees are burning out as a result because you have the vacancies and the work doesn't go away. So you plop it on the shoulders of the people left behind. That's not the right thing to do. People are tired. They're hungry for connection. They're begging for better communication. They want to be supported 
and committed to by people that they work with or for. They want clarity on their ecosystem and what the future holds for the organization and what is their role in it. They need to be championed at times, even at times when the business isn't there, to keep motivated and focused. And they need career direction and coaching. And almost none of this is happening with any consistency. And these are the essential skills that most leaders need to display on a daily basis and they barely do it weekly because they're too exhausted too. So we need to empower each other. That's why this 52 weeks of empowerment is so important. We need to pick up the ball and run with it. We need to reinforce good behaviors and help people get to where they would rather be professionally. And that all starts here. So we talked in the promo about this word that I think a lot of people are using incorrectly, but they're using it a lot. And the word is abundance. And I thought that would be a damn good place to start for 2022. Because we don't typically start our New Year's off with that type of a mindset. We start everything off in this place of lack, L-A-C-K. I'm fat, I'm out of shape, I'm out of luck. And we make these resolutions to aspire to great things, which is a good thing in and of itself, but we get about five weeks into the new year and we realize attaining new things is hard. It takes work. So we fall off whatever wagon we've hitched ourselves to, some new fad diet or some get rich quick scheme, and it's game over. We go back to this place of lack that is awful. It's a place of less than, not good enough. I'm destined to be here forever. And when you're in this dark place, it's really hard to see what's right in front of you. You stumble over things. You think that are in your way, and in some respects, some of it may not be in your way. It may be there to help you. Friends who are loyal, opportunities that you don't see the value in just yet, but maybe a better long-term opportunity than the one you're after, who knows? But you're just tripping over everything because when you can't see these things, when it's dark, sometimes it's because you choose not to see these things. You're so hell-bent on the road ahead and what you're focused on, you can't see things in your periphery. You're so focused on the job you want, you don't realize that the job you have is preparing you for something better. You see, abundance in the eyes of a person who's in darkness sees only things, shiny, pretty things. When you ask somebody, what's your definition of abundance and they're in that dark place, they say things like money, possession, I want cars, I want jewels, I want trips, I want a bigger house, I want a beach house, I want all of these things. Skinnier and richer are things. Healthier and happier are true wealth. That's the difference between somebody in the dark and somebody who sees the light of day. You see, the kind of abundance I want you all to have this year, and it's not gonna take just five weeks, it's gonna take practice, but the kind of abundance I want you to have has nothing to do with things. Those things will come, but first you've gotta operate with an abundance mindset. Last year, I did what I did every year before, and I know a lot of you are starting this year doing it too. I won't do it this year, and I'll tell you why. I said at the beginning of 2021, I wanna lose 50 pounds by May. 50. I didn't need to lose 50 pounds, but I had in my head 50 was a good round number. I'm almost 50, so we're going to we're going to play with 50. That's roughly two and a half 
pounds per week. And if you talk to most nutritionists, trainers, fitness trainers, fitness gurus, experts, you know, physicians, they'll tell you slow and steady wins the race. You start off slow and you lose like one to two pounds a week and you're more likely to keep it off. But I'm a competitive person by nature and I said, screw that. I'm going to lose 50 by May. And I lost 15, one five by March, five pounds behind the rate at which I would have had to have been losing in order to get to 50 by May. So it wasn't that far off. And it was my stepdaughter's 16th birthday. I'll never forget this. And every year for our kids, we make a special dinner and a special dessert, not necessarily a cake, whatever they choose to have on their birthday. And I went upstairs and I weighed myself. Now we had just eaten a big dinner. I don't know what I was thinking, but I weighed myself and I I made this gamble, this bargain with myself that if I hadn't gained more than 1.7 pounds, I remember vividly, I could have a piece of cake. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, "Who? what the hell are you doing? This is like borderline, you know, eating disorder. What are you doing? You've wrestled with your weight for 25 years. You've been in and out of type two diabetes. Stop this. So I went downstairs and I served everyone the cake that I made. And they all asked me, won't you be having a piece too? And I said, in this really dark place, and I can remember if I were to look at myself, my my whole body was hunched over. And I said, no, I can't have it. I'm on a diet. Like I was some damn martyr. You know, it wasn't that I couldn't have the cake. It was that I thought I would be judged for having it that bothered me amongst people who loved me. Even my husband, who I thought would be like, aren't you on a diet? Said to me, you should have a piece of the cake. It's delicious. You see, abundance isn't having the cake and eating it too. We're, we're fooled into believing that. It's eating the cake and enjoying it with people who love you, who accept you for who and what you are when you're on a diet. That's the big deal. So the first truth in abundance is to surround yourself with the right people and appreciate that you're with the right people. Caveat to that story, I only lost 16 pounds last year. One pound more than I had lost by that night in March. But I did it without a fad diet, eating in moderation, better balanced meals on small plates at proper intervals. And I exercised more than I had in years. So I actually built some really strong behaviors throughout the year. But you know what I never did again? I never deprived myself for the sake of being judged. And if you take this journey this year, you can learn how to do that too. Because we we do that to ourselves. We have to have a job, so we stay in a job that's unfulfilling way too long for way too little money, and we get to become a martyr because I carried the torch for a company that didn't give a crap about me. That's not gonna win you any accolades. It is about being in a job where you're appreciated, where it brings value to your life. Make no mistake about that. You will learn that in 52 weeks. The second part of abundance in your life is getting back what you give. I have a client who is a work horse. She is constantly overachieving at work. She puts in the hours, she gets results, and she never has gotten noticed for a promotion. Oh, they love her. 
they love her. There's often this, this mentality that you're either chosen or you're frozen at a job. And some of that may be true. It can be a little political and we'll help you navigate that this year as well. But this woman, she's gotten raises, she's gotten bonuses, they've given her trips and other rewards for her hard work, but she was never promoted. She'd been in the same job for 14 years. She hired me in this place of darkness that I was talking about in a moment ago. And I said to her, well, of course, you're irreplaceable. Why, why would they promote you? And she said, yes, help me. Help me become less irreplaceable. In one particular session, she came to me really angry and she said, listen, there's this guy at work that I keep telling you about and he is going up the ranks. Like he's been promoted twice in six months. What am I doing wrong? And I said to her, have you ever told your manager what you wanna do? She said, yes. I said, well, have you ever asked your manager if they truly understand what you wanna do? Well, they know, I just told you, I told them. I said, I would recommend that you sit down with them, initiate a conversation and say, are you clear on where I want to go with my career? So she did that and she found out that, yeah, we know where you want to be, but there really isn't that opportunity right now. And I taught her ways of asking evocative questions, not provocative, but prod them a little bit, right? Like ask questions where you evoke a sense of wonder. Because what most people will do in situations like she is in is they'll threaten people. They'll show all their cards. If you don't promote me by next month, I'm gone. Or in their head, they'll get it stuck in their head and they start to have a bad attitude. And by the time they do leave a company and the company's like, bye-bye, I don't know what happened to you, but we don't want you anymore. You're very replaceable. That's not what I wanted her to do. I wanted her to prod them enough to be thinking about what if she wasn't there without threatening to leave. And she had that dynamic conversation. And I don't wanna to give too much away because one of our upcoming episodes is gonna talk about this and how to do this in a corporate environment to put yourself in a better light than being irreplaceable and get on a career path that makes sense for you and help them realize that God forbid you do leave, you need to have somebody in the wings that can take over. That's setting them up for success. So we will get to that. But the way you get what you give is to open yourself up to understanding and possibility. And that involves telling the right people your intentions and making sure they understand that. This year, we're gonna help you do that so that you can experience abundance firsthand. And what goes hand in hand with getting back what you put in is respecting what you don't have right now doesn't mean you concede to never have it it means that you understand you'll get there from here because you operate with an abundance mindset a friend of mine had done all the right things seemingly to get pregnant she remortgaged her house to complete three ivf cycles and still no baby they were broke they were bitter they were angry and i remember how distraught she was as other people around us got pregnant so easily. Like somebody would sneeze and get pregnant. It was nuts. And she went into this understandable spiral of depression. It was punishment for being a mean girl in high school that she wasn't pregnant. She didn't deserve to be a mom. She was too old. She was too intense. It was all about fault and blame. And it affected her job. 
it affected her health, and it affected her marriage. Everything about her became a place of dark lack. And then her husband came to me and said, I'm at my wit's end. I said, why don't you just take her on a trip? Get her mind off everything. We all said that. It wasn't just me. It was everybody. Her parents said that. Her in-laws said that. Everybody said that. To save your marriage, just go away on a vacation. And they went. And nine months later, they had a baby. When my mother was alive, she had a lot of famous, infamous, I should say, sayings. They used to drive me nuts, but they drove me nuts because they were all true. She used to say, a watch pot doesn't boil. And for my friend, that was so true. The second they took their finger off the pulse and let the blood flow, they got pregnant. Whether it's eating a piece of cake on a diet, whether it's attaining a promotion at a place you've been at for 14 years and they've repeatedly looked you over, or becoming a family when you have struggles, you need to welcome abundance into your life, even and especially at the times where you feel like you have it the least. If you don't appreciate what you have already, it's going to be very difficult to welcome other things in. You can't do it begrudgingly, afraid to be judged. You can't do it by osmosis. You can't do it the way everybody else does because you are not everybody else. That's their story. And it matters not what their story is. In order for you to thrive in life, you need to work with what you have to get to where you want to be. And if you start believing that what you have isn't good enough, you're never going to get beyond that. So if you start the year, instead of worrying about how hard that guy is or isn't working at your company that keeps getting promoted ahead of you, and you're working your ass off getting nowhere, instead of allowing people to shame or judge you for decisions you're making or things you're doing, start with what you have. Sure, there may be things you need to do for your health or your sanity or your happiness, but I want you to do yourself a favor this year. Every time you think of what you have to do in life to get to where you have to be and aren't doing it, every time you think of what you don't have but wish you did, every time you feel like life is throwing you another curveball, I want the first words out of your mouth to be thankful for something else you have in abundance. Start this year differently by reveling in the things that you have and we all have something. You could be broke as a joke and it is not where you wanna be, but you have a beautiful smile and a quick wit and that can help you get out of where you are. Every single example I gave you started with that seemingly small step and it was a game changer. I assumed that if I ate the cake, my tribe would think badly of me and judge me. They didn't. They judged me for not eating the cake. My client, who worked so hard, believed that if she just kept her head down and did the work, a promotion would manifest itself magically. It didn't. It required a conversation and she's a good conversationalist. That was her strength. She leveraged it. She got what she wanted. And if she hadn't, she used that strength to get another job where she would get promoted. My friend who stopped IVF because she thought she wasn't meant to have kids, she got pregnant when she least expected it. 
because she loved her husband and she had a good man in her life who loved her more than anything else who wanted to see her smile. The second that we let go of the darkness, we saw the sun. The second we adopted a mindset to let go and appreciate what we did have and use that thing to leverage to get to where we wanted to get to, the people around us, the way we were treated, the things that mattered, what we didn't have, those things didn't seem so shiny anymore. See, if you start off with a lack mindset, you don't get sunshine. Because when you have that interview, when you speak with that recruiter, when you draft a resume, lack, it shows. When you live in lack, it reeks. It permeates every fiber of your being. But so does operating with an abundance mindset. It means you understand that while you aren't exactly where you want to be, you know you can get there. And here's how, right? Resolutions don't come from a place of light. They come from that dark place where we aim to rise above where we're starting from. Now, it's good to have resolutions in our lives, things that we aim towards. You can still aspire, but know that where you start from is a valuable place that can springboard you to the next place. Living in abundance comes from a place of still wanting more, but being okay with what you have and understanding the strengths that you have to get to where you would rather be. It's not the things that shine with abundance. It's you. So that the things around you simply reflect the shine off of you. People want to be around light like that. They want more of it. You can also be surrounded by darkness and you're the only light. People that are toxic, situations that are negative, that repel your light or try to dim your shine. That is also a problem we're gonna teach you how to get out of. It's a very real problem. And 52 weeks of empowerment, we're gonna get you over that. As a coach, I can confidently tell you, I don't tell people to leave a job or leave the people in their life. That is not my job or ethical but what sometimes happens is you work on yourself which is the only thing that you can control your attitude your behavior your demeanor your posture the way you look people in the eye the way you come across those are within your scope of control and through that abundance mindset you start to practice that and you begin to realize your worth and then you start making just decisions in your life because you realize you don't want to be doing all this work and surrounded by people that are just going to knock it down so you choose to do the things you need to do to get to where you need to get to and it happens man it happens so easily when you think with an abundance mindset. So why are we starting the year with abundance? Because when you get the job you want, when you live your best life, if you don't start from there, it's never gonna be enough. I have had more than a few clients who started their coaching from that deep, dark place of lack, and when they attained the success they were after, they were still unfulfilled. They were miserable. We are in the midst of one of the greatest times of personal growth in recent memory. I realized as a young coach new to the game that you first have to get people operating in a solid, positive place and go from there than to start with a negative, dark place that they can't see their way out of. You know, more and more people are leaving jobs without another one to fall back on. And it's still true that it's easier to find a job when you have one. So it's 
remarkable that people are doing this, but they are fed up. But look at the world around us. Divorce rates are higher, suicide rates are up, crime all up. And everyone blames the pandemic. And while that is a part of it, it isn't the root cause. The pandemic has resulted in inactivity which is really the root of a lot of our upset and anger and frustration and all of that. Statistics will show you that when historically we have not been active, we created our own chaos. We started wars when we were inactive. We were bored and we felt like we had to shake things up a little bit. Inactivity is the root of many psychological and physiological ailments. And when you add in frustration, anxiety, depression, fear, it's a volatile and dangerous mix. It results in turmoil. It results in us acting and reacting to situations, reacting to people inappropriately and uncharacteristically and not responding to people respectfully because we have no filter. We've been defiltered because we've been so shut off and sequestered that we want our voices heard. Think of it, how differently we react to things now than we did before the pandemic. People didn't just leave their jobs and have nothing to fall back on, at least not all the time, or as they're doing it now, but they also weren't in such a dark place. So if you just made the small tweak of appreciating instead of loathing, welcoming instead of putting up boundaries, and you shift your mindset, you can assimilate any change, bad or good, a lot more seamlessly. And this was another major ask of my coaching clients in 2021, help me adapt to change. With an abundance mindset, my clients were able to not only adapt easier to change, but quicker. They became more comfortable with their aspirations, taking the leap without looking to get it done. So they weren't like, take this job and shove it. They were like, take this job, I found another, thank you. One where I'm better appreciated and I feel more comfortable in my skin. They manifested what they wanted through positive behavior and intentions, not slamming the door behind them. And guess what? They learned to ask for help because the stronger we are, the more powerful the people around us are, we're healthier and we feel better about ourselves, that we don't feel like we're gonna be judged if in fact we need help, we ask for it, which is by far the hardest thing for many people to do. So how did they do it? Here's what I want you guys to do this week. I want you to start practicing an abundance mindset. There's two steps I want you to take. These are the two steps that my clients took to get in a better mindset of abundance. So the first thing I want you to do is start to practice using an abundance mindset. Before you put your feet on the cold, hard ground next to your bed in the morning, I want you to wake up. Don't even need to sit up or open your eyes. And I'm not asking you to meditate because a lot of people don't do that. But I want you to begin it every morning with one thing you're grateful for. And whether you thank God or you're an atheist or you believe in any other religion, one source, whatever, I want you just to be grateful. I am thankful for whatever it is. And next week, we're going to build on that one thing towards your goal. Every great career is made of two things, leveraging what you do well and accomplishing great things with that. So we're going to start with the solid foundation of abundance. It's a practice. Practice means doing it and repeating it until it becomes a behavior. A behavior is something that you just do. You don't even think about it. It just happens consistently. Start with this every morning. One thing you're grateful for. 
The next thing I want you to do is find one word that sums up what you want out of 2022 professionally. One word. It could be promotion. It could be retirement. One word that you can build your abundance from each and every day. My one word this year is solidify. There are things I want in my life, in relationships, in my home, in my career, in my heart. All of them require solidification this year to make them happen. I consider myself to be a strong person and I'm thankful for that each day. I'm grateful for the strength that I have learned over years of being weak. I have become a stronger person. So I'm going to build on that strength using an abundance mindset, take something I have already, my strength, and build towards other things that I want to solidify in my life. Maybe your word is hope. Maybe it's forgiveness. Whatever that word is, write it down. Commit it to memory. One thing you're grateful for, one word. This is 52 weeks of empowerment, and I want you back here next week same time, same place. More power. Go get it.